Hi, and welcome to the Apprentice Factory Kyabum District League Show. This is a part of the Super Saturday Sports Show that you can listen to as to keep up to date with all things happening around the Kyabum District League. This show airs on a weekly basis on a Saturday throughout winter and is hosted by Jason Welsh and Sam Saracino on 1FM Shepherd and Radio. So let's have a listen and see what they have got up to this week. Welcome, Statsy, to Grand Final Day here at the Marupna Recreation Reserve in the Apprenticeship Factory at KDL. It's the uh, pinnacle of what's been... An absolutely brilliant season. Uh, top eight for the first time ever in the history of the competition. A five-week final series. We've had some cracking contests across that journey in all grades of both netball and football. And today, well, uh, it's the ultimate glory, isn't it? Uh, the premierships are on the line uh, starting from right now uh, in the under-13s here on the Marupna Recreation Reserve where the journey begins for so many of these young participants, which is absolutely fantastic to see. Of course, I'm Jay Dub, uh, Statsman. We've also got Brandon Riley, who's uh, a, an early uh, an early riser as well, uh, to run through this next hour, a very special hour, where we'll preview what's happening in and around the region and, of course, touch on last night's AFL game, the absolute demolition of the Brisbane Lions at the MCG. Of course, we've got uh, Murray League Grand Final Day today also happening in Moama, where in the A-grade netball, it'll be Rumbelara taking on the Denny Rams, and in the footy, it will be Cobram taking on Moela. So we'll have a little bit of a look at those two games as well. Not forgetting, of course, tomorrow, we do it all again, live and local as it gets from Deakin Reserve uh, from 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, where, of course, it is prelim final day and Mansfield take on Euroa. So plenty coming your way. And, of course, not forgetting that uh, this afternoon, as soon as we conclude here, the Marupna Recreation Reserve, we will fly on up to the SCG, where the hopes of hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of Collingwood supporters right across the globe and also, of course, the Sydney Swans, uh, uh, on the shoulders of both of those teams as they go head-to-head there and try to make their way into a grand final where they will meet Geelong. Congratulations to them. But a very good morning to you, Statsy, and to you, BR. Morning, J-Dub. It's a beautiful morning here at um, Rootna Recreation Reserve. How good is that sun? And I got a bit nervous there when uh, Statsy said from about 11 o'clock onwards, I just had a look at the uh, the rain radar, Dub, and there is a little bit building actually ahead of the uh, the main couple of fronts coming in. So uh, Statsy's 11 o'clock prediction, it may be close. It may be about 11.30 midday, but I'm hoping for my sake down on the boundary a bit later on, uh, that rain holds off until about 6 o'clock tonight. Yeah, okay. And, and how much you sort of... Say- there, uh, 
Uh, Jane? Light light showers there. Uh, Thanks, Peter. Yeah. uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's uh, going to be a light shower early, but uh, you never know what could crop up uh, later this afternoon. Bit of heat in the day might build up the clouds. So uh, if we get anything like we got here last night, uh, chatting to Jimmy O uh, before, uh, legendary at Merton Footy Club. uh, And look, he said they set up a lot of these uh, tents and marquees last night over the netball courts and that and around the ground here, and they just got blown away. Mm. So they were, Jimmy O said they were lucky not to end up out on the highway, some of them. So uh, a bit of a, a windstorm come through here last night, so they've done well. Yeah, it was pretty nuts, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> there was quite a deluge in patches across yeah. the region. It didn't sort of just come, uh, you know, down right across, but just in certain areas across the region as we... Uh, Continue to have that echo uh, in the headset this morning. It just seems to be a tradition on KDL Grand Final Day. I, I can't remember a year where we haven't uh, started off the day with it, so hopefully that can be dealt with as a matter of priority because it's uh, hard enough hearing your own voice, let alone hearing what you've said a second after you have just said it. But anyway, I'm sure that uh, the magician... Adam Watkins will get that sorted out for us ASAP. And uh, there was even hail in in that deluge that came down yesterday, boys. Yeah, Jason, before we go any further, could I thank the boys this morning who have made way for the broadcast uh, so that we could facilitate the KDL Grand Final Day? Well, I want to thank Dave Roberts for making way for the Gold Show this morning, uh, Dan Hibbard in Square Gators, and also the Sport and Road crew and John Painter and Craig Stott for uh, availing uh, their shows and making way so that we could do this broadcast of KDL Grand Final Day. Yeah, 100%. And those boys are just a lock every single week, aren't they? We're so blessed and grateful to have uh, volunteers that just turn up week in, week out to do their thing. So to all you boys, thanks so very much. But look, just in regards to uh, what we opened with Statsy, uh, the very sad passing of uh, a local doyen in sporting circles, Dave Hardy. Uh, had a bit to do with him myself at 1FM Live and Local across the journey, uh, particularly in the bowls program. And he was a staunch lover, of course, of the Shepherd and Swans uh, slash Lemnos. Yeah, he loved them. Yep, yeah. Deeply entrenched there and uh, always had his two bobs worth to say about the Swans wherever they uh, might be on the ladder at uh, various stages across uh, their journey. But uh, he he also was um, celebrating very hard the premiership victory of the Shepherd and Swans, and it was the flag that nobody thought that they could win, but they did. So... There's no such thing as a certainty uh, in footy. But, yeah, look, um, really sad. Uh, and we send our thoughts to his to his family and uh, hope that, uh, you know, many of his friends and family, which I'm sure uh, they will, get to uh, Kyala to um, celebrate the life of uh, a really amazing contributor to our local community. Uh, particularly in uh, the sporting area across and, and, the GV. And just repeating for those that that are unaware, a celebration of Dave Hardy, 1FM Bowls presenter and former football special comments commentator, will be held Monday to 19th of September, this coming Monday from 1pm at the Shepparton Park Bowls Club. Re- reverse treat, Kyala.
Reserve Street. Reserve Street. Yeah, reverse reserve. Yeah, I, I yeah, my, <laughs> yeah, I, dyslexic. Yeah, yeah dyslexic. I am, a, I am a little bit. Yes, you are. Yeah, so and, and you're a murderer of the Queen's yeah, English. Yeah, so um, yeah, um, yes, yep, indeed, and of course uh, the the Queen's uh, funeral. When will that be, Statsy? Is that? No Some, idea, Jason. I reckon that's that, tomorrow night that as well. Yeah, yeah. Sunday night into Monday yep. or something. Yep. yep. And we may uh, very well have um, live coverage of that, as I'm sure many of our TV... Now, did you hear the ABC was sending 26 people across to cover the Queen's funeral? Wow. Are they going to get close enough? There's like a 24-hour wait just to get in to say goodbye to the Queen at the moment. I heard on the news before. I think I saw David Beckham actually lined up for that uh, incredible amount of time just to pay his respects. Unreal. Yeah. It's quite uh, quite, quite amazing, isn't it? Uh, a really significant moment in history that has occurred over the last week. And uh, congratulations to Peter D. also last Sunday who uh, put together a really fitting tribute uh, with the support of the Nine News Network and 3AW. So thank you so very much uh, to Peter D and thanking Peter D also for his breakfast program this morning. Yeah, done an amazing job this morning filling in a course for Dave Taylor, who will be, I believe, back next week, I dare say. Although he did tell me he was going on holidays for a week. So I might just hold back on that and just see if he actually does rock up. I believe he might be going to Mildura or somewhere like that. Yeah, they usually do that for for country, uh, country I music. You, I think yes. he might be back for the one show in the morning Saturday next week, maybe. Question yep. mark on that. Yeah, okay. Well, well, yeah, look forward to Dave Taylor returning. And if you're listening in this morning, Dave and Rosa, a very special hello to you on this grand final day as well. Now, let's get stuck into talking about grand finals uh, right across the region, of course, today up in Moama, Statsman. We have got the Murray League grand final, and uh, I'm not sure whether or not you've recently been to Moama, uh, Brandon, or Stats, but I can tell you right now, the facilities are unreal. They have uh, really changed the face of what that ground netball courts, grandstand, club rooms, media boxes looks like. They have poured uh, a fair bucket of money into it and it is um, really one of the great venues across our region now and so I'm sure that uh, the people going there will certainly enjoy it and the senior football promises to be a crackerjack game. Uh, it'll be a premiership drought breaker for both sides yep. who are without premierships for more than 20 years. I think it might be 32 for Moela and... Yeah, 1990. And 24 for Cobram, if that's right, stats. Yeah, I believe it was 1998, their last flag. Yep. And uh, I don't think Cobram's played in a grand final for a fair whack of time either. Moela may have played in a grand final about 10 years ago, I think, but it's certainly been uh, some very lean times for both of those clubs I, in I, I can tell you that Cobram have won 12 flags, last being 1998. They've been runner-up nine times Yep. Uh, upon joining the league as a foundation member in 1931, but they were in various leagues before that. And Moela, who joined the league in 
1987 uh, have picked up the one flag in 1990 and been runner-up three times in the competition. And, of course, uh, that game will be covered by Edge FM up on the Murray. I'm not sure whether or not that's actually being live-streamed or not video-wise, but... I do believe that uh, hundred. Well, not just believe. I know that Edge FM is covering the grand final up there. So wish their crew all the very best in covering that game today. Uh, but Cobram v Moala, gee, I'll tell you what, boys, it should be a crackerjack uh, contest. Uh, two best sides in the competition. Although, look, in saying that, things seem to even up a little bit towards the back end of the season, and there look to be. Some potential competition, including Moama and Kingupna. Uh, now, uh, Kingupna unfortunately just fell short of Moama by four points at home. And I just so happened to bump into senior coach there, Kevin O'Donoghue, last night, uh, who was, uh, can you believe this? I don't know if he'll be extremely impl- impressed with his daughter. This will be certainly uh, something that lives in their family history for many years. Got married in Toowoomba on the day of that final. So, of course, <laughs> Kevin O'Donoghue had to be at the wedding, which, I'm, you know, family comes first every single day of the week, but wasn't able to be at the game and just had to uh, buy stand and listen by uh, via the uh, radio, uh, which he got on the net up there in Queensland. And unfortunately, yeah, it was heartbreak for Kingupna, but then Moama got through. And then last week, uh, they were absolutely obliterated by Moela. I think it was like 50 points at half time uh, in that game uh, up at Finlay last week. So they've gone through really well, but Cobram obviously with the week off, uh, they've met twice this year, stats, and they're... Cobram's won two, Zip. Yep, that's right. And look, it looked to me as though Cobram could potentially... (laughs) A little bit topsy-turvy the season when trying to find form lines in the eagle-eyed team Murray Football League because Cobram looked to just be completely untouchable. Then they uh, lost a game, I think it was to Nathalia, that they actually lost their first game about round 12 from memory. And all of a sudden, there were some chinks in the armour. They went on to lose two other games on the trot. And all of a sudden, the competition opened right up. But at the same time, Tongala, who was many uh, local pundits' fancies coming into season 2022... Uh, they went through a real form slump as well, sort of midway through the season. But then Tong, and then Nathalia started to hit their straps. They fell away towards the end of the year because we know what Nathalia does in um, September. They've been doing it for uh, a, long time a, a decade yep. now uh, in that competition. And congratulations to everyone associated with that uh, footy and netball club. Uh, they also produced the O'Dwyer, the dual O'Dwyer medalist uh, this year in Brody Ross. And also, uh, how many's he won? Uh, he, I reckon that might be his third O'Dwyer medal, actually. So that'll be an interesting one to look at. But uh, also, uh, the A grade medalist there, Tegan Sutton uh, from the Nathalia 
uh, netball club as well. So, yeah, it's still been a, a fantastic year uh, for the Purples, who only just fell short against Rumbelar in the A-grade netball last week. But the point I was making there, boys, was that uh, just none of the form lines sort of consistently lined up in the back end of the season until the very end when Cobram started to hit their straps again. Mawala really seemed to go to another gear as well and then some separation started to appear uh, between them and the rest of the competition. Then Tongala were knocked out in pretty sort of dramatic fashion as well as as I said, many thought that they could potentially be lifting the trophy uh, this year but ultimately it'll be Cobram and Mawala this afternoon from 2.20 at Moama in the Eagle IT Murray Football Netball League. A lot of pundits at the start of the year had Moala predicted in second spot. So they're predicting basically that they got into the grand final. Cobram, on the other hand, were predicted to finish fifth at the start of the season. So really, and a couple of years ago, they were struggling as well. We all know that. So um, look, yeah, they're, they're having a ripping year no matter what happens today. Look, they're ranked one in offence and ranked one in defence and they did finish on top in the home and away with that 15-3 and three record. My whaler are ranked two in off, two in D and they finished uh, second, dropping three games in the home and away, winning 15. Uh, look, when you look at it across the board, there's some gun players today. Uh, headline act, uh, probably Adam DeSecchio. Uh, of course, he's a Guthrie medalist in Murray Valley cricket, actually. Yeah, and just his season, too. and just his season just gone. He's averaged, uh, 75 with the bat. And I know it's a football show, but uh, average six with the ball, kicked 31 goals this season. He comes off a wing, goes into that forward line, so he's one to look out for. Of course, he spent a little time at Leachville Gunbauer, Kahuna Kangas as well. Now, I might get this guy's surname wrong, so apologies, Jason. You can correct me, but uh, Matthew DeMayo, I think no, that's... No, that's right. That's correct. Uh, uh, of course, uh, he played at Baruga for a little while. He's kicked 41 goals this season. He'll be one to look out for for Cobram today. Daniel Clark, congratulations, playing his 100th game in a senior grand final uh, today. He spent time at Yarrawea. Can never say Yarrawea. No, you got and, it. You did and Mawala as well, the side he's playing against today. So in his 100th game, defensive player. Tim Garlick, also 100th game player today uh, for Cobram. Uh, he spent a bit of time at Tokelmore. He's in that midfield. And Tyrone Baden, the big gun uh, up forward, of course. Uh, Palmerston Magpies, he's played at a pretty high level. And uh, kicking 58 goals this year, plays forward, half forward wing type role. Yeah, look, they're they're a great side, Cobram. I've seen them a couple of times this year, and they've just got a really even spread of athletic midfielders that run from the half back and through the midfield. They really are they're similar to a Collingwood the way that they move the footy. And it's all attack, and you've seen that's reflective upon uh, their score lines uh, this season, where they have just gone the absolute jugular on some of the lower lights of the competition. And it's due to their ability to be able to get the ball 
inside 50 quickly. And then, as you mentioned, their stats have got a couple of uh, really potent spearheads uh, down forward that are able to finish the job for them. But they've also got midfielders that can kick goals as well. So, look, they're going to be really tough to match up on. Uh, having a look at Mawela and their side for today, please, Statsy, as well, if you can. Yeah, well, they've got a, a forward as well in the name of Jack Sullivan, who's kicked 60 goals this season. He's played at Ballarat. He's been at Hamilton Kangaroos, Dunstown as well. Matthew Gorman, who spent a real little time at the Marupna Football Club, uh, I believe he was runner-up in the O'Dwyer medal as well this year. Um, he's been at Yarrawonga as well. He can play the game, Matthew Gorman. Make no mistake about that. He mm. spent time at Berrigan as well. Jamie Smith, we finished top 10 in the O'Dwyer medal this year. He spent time at South Morang, uh, Etham and Hurstbridge. He's a gun player. Sean Robinson for Mowala. Spent a real little time in the ACT. He's kicked 25 goals this season. And, of course, I believe they got three coaches at Mulwhaler as well. There's a, a triple threat of coaches. Bodie Butts, uh, formerly of Yarrawonga, who played at Yarrawonga, uh, he uh, will be one to look out for today. And uh, their best and fairest from 2021 for Mulwhaler, Jackson Gash, uh, who's another coach. Uh, he was a Yarrawonga junior. Yeah, so both uh, Jackson Gash and Bodie Butts. Bodie Butts now getting towards the end of his career, but he's a former McNamara medalist, and he really sets him up uh, well off off half back there. Look, he'll go into the midfield at times when needed, but he seems to be sort of their prime mover out of defence, and his uh, ball use is absolutely elite. He, he's, he's one of the most accurate kicks in the competition. As you said there, Matty Gorman uh, has had an absolutely stellar season. Uh, it, now, did he – was it Matty Gorman that tied with Brody Ross in the O'Dwyer? Yeah, I do believe it was. I'm, I'm pretty confident. But Jackson Gash may have also been a real fancy for the O'Dwyer medal stats man. But uh, he missed a little bit of footy this year, did, uh, did Jackson. And uh, Jack Sutherland, I've seen him in full flight. Uh, I think he might have kicked 12 or 13 goals against uh, Rumbalara a day that they were really underdone, with all due respect to Rumba. But I was actually first-hand there to witness that. And you've still got to kick it straight to kick 13 goals in a game, Statsy, don't you? Yeah, you certainly do. What do you think of the three coaching setup at Mulwala? Have you seen that in local footy? I've seen two, but uh, obviously with Rowan Davies as well as Brody Butts and Jackson Gash as well uh, who are playing. Look, uh, Rowan Davies, I believe, uh, operates from the bench, so... Yeah, what, what do you think of that? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting setup, isn't it? Well, they've obviously well got, they're in the grand final, aren't they? Oh, exactly so. right. It's obviously worked well for them. So, I mean, without knowing anything on their inner sanctum, I could think that you know, being where they are located, not knowing a hundred percent where the other two boys actually live, stats that it might have something to do with logistics yep. as well. Like you know, if particularly if someone's got to travel from say Melbourne. To get up to a, uh, you know, a Tuesday night and a Thursday night training might be a little bit much to ask. So, look, that could potentially have something to do with it. But, uh, yeah, it's certainly um, not uh, the traditional uh, coaching setup that you see, is it? But it's certainly been potent and effective for them this year. But, look, congratulations to both these sides. Uh, you know, you've you got to get a winner on the day. Oh, 
I'm I'm tipping Cobram to win it. I, I think that uh, they've been the best side in the competition most consistently uh, for the year. But Mawala just seemed to have this spirit and hunger. Uh, look, they both will, uh, having had such uh, long droughts without premierships. And I just hope that both of their communities can really converge on Moama today and uh, that uh, the Eagle IT Murray Football League gets a really, really big crowd up there. But, yeah, look, for me, I, I think that they've just got a few more goal-kicking options do uh, Cobram. Uh, depending on the weather today, uh, which uh, Jane Bunn to my left, aka Brandon Riley's um, uh, predicting a little bit more rain later on. I don't know what it's going to be like uh, about 100 k's north of where we're broadcasting from today. That's okay. You can call me Rob Gell. There's no problem there. Uh, and I think Yarn Events <laughs> just rocked up as well, but uh, <laughs> we've got the old crew back together. But uh, look, yeah, I've got to go with Cobram Statsy. I think that, as I said, they've been the best side all year. I think that they've just got a few more options forward than what Moela do. Uh, although, yeah, I mean, you could sort of flip a coin here because they both have super, super midfields. But the other thing that I like about Cobram as well is their ability on a faster track to run and to run really, really hard. They're a quick side. They're extremely athletic, as I mentioned uh, earlier on. Uh, quite a few of their bodies are, are real aerobic types. They're not sort of like top-heavy, real muscly sort of fellas. Uh, I think that's going to suit them uh, today. And, uh, you know, if it rains, I think that sort of squares it up a little bit more for mine, Statsy. But, yeah, nah, Cobram for mine. Yeah, look, I think there's a lot in the fact that pundits at the start of the year were predicting Moala to finish at least second and make the grand final. So the the list was right. I'm not saying the Cobrams. The Cobrams are a great list. Mm. But I'm weighing heavily on that. And now that they're in the grand final, I think Moala can win their first flag since 1990. Well, there you go. We've disagreed again, Stats. We've been disagreeing the last 24 hours time and time again. Hey, let's cross over to the netball courts mm -hmm. because uh, historic for both of these clubs, actually. Uh, Rumbalara has uh, not played in an A-grade grand final. I don't think they've won an A-grade uh, flag. Uh, they did play in a grand final 10 years ago. And Jess Bamblett, uh, who's been coaching the A-grade side there now for five years, uh, is extremely pleased to be able to have the opportunity to have that one last crack at the Denny Rams, who have had the perfect season. And they're the only side in the entire Golden Murray region to have had that perfect year in any grade of any uh, side in both football and netball. There is no other side that's gone through completely undefeated. So, look, uh, on the times that they've met this year, uh, the first time uh, they played at Rumbalara, Daniloquin got them. Then uh, Rumbalara, and I think it was reasonably comfortably on that first occasion. Rumbalara have only lost to Daniloquin this year as well in the netball stats. So, uh, you know, the second time that they played them in the home and away, which was in about round 15, I think, and it was at Rumbalara. Uh, Rumba got much closer 
uh, in that game, but Denny was still able to fend them off. I think it was five goals was the margin there. Then in the qualifying final, it was an absolute heart stopper. And I was fortunate enough to actually uh, be there uh, to see the game. It was a brilliant game of netball, uh, really, really exciting. And uh, the Denny Rams prevailed by just one solitary goal. So it looked for moments like it would go into overtime. But uh, to the Denny Rams' uh, credit, they were able to just find a way. And something that's uh, really sort of, uh, I guess, important to note on that day, and I'm not sure whether or not she's come up for the game today, but uh, Lacey Parker, who is one of the most exciting uh, mid-court players playing at centre for Rumba up this year, uh, did her knee. Now, I'm not sure as to the severity of it. I did um, see her and speak to her last week, and she was awaiting the results of scans, which she was to get on Monday. Um, but they, I'm not sure, I haven't, I don't know whether or not she's um, suiting up for them today. Hopefully she is, but she was on crutches uh, in saying that. So I think it's really, really unlikely. And Rumbelara trailed uh, Nathalia uh, in the prelim final by uh, as much as six goals uh, late uh, in the third quarter. And they were able to um, stage a really spirited comeback. So they'll be high on that. They'll have gotten some belief. They'll have belief off the back of the fact that they got to within one goal. So they've chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. And there's just one final mountain to climb. So, look, for me, obviously, I'm going to tip Rumbalara. You know, I, I, I really am, am so excited uh, I've been involved with the club there now for three or four years, so uh, I'm not going to tip against them. But in saying that, uh, the Denny Rams, uh, they've got um, two really proficient goalers. Uh, their their key strengths are their mid-court. They move it really well. And unfortunately for Rumba, I just don't know whether or not we've got the ability to match them in mid-court, but it depends on who is available today. Again, masterclass by Jess Bamblett last week, who was actually able to make a number of rotations through the centre where she knew that there was a little bit of a weakness with the injuries that uh, Rumba had. And she's uh, one of the best defenders in the league too. Finished equal sixth in the medal this year. She's great. Right, right. Yeah, 100%. And uh, she's joined by um, the two Seto girls there, um, Leah and Arkanisi. Uh, so really, really potent defence, and that's what they pride themselves on. And then, of course, uh, their goal is uh, Maggie Hollis and Natasha Atkinson-Brown, who came third. Third in the medal, yep. Yep, yep. And oh, I'll tell you what, I, I don't know how she didn't get votes in the last game. I, I was sitting there just watching the vote count via the live stream, and congratulations to them. They did a great job of that. But uh, I was expecting her to poll in that final round. She didn't, but what an exceptional uh, year from her. She's only 19. Um, you know, she's a tall girl. That's one of her great advantages, but her accuracy is up there with probably the highest in the competition as a goaler. And then you've got teenagers like Nikita Bamlett and Yanni Atkinson that are younger. 
that, yep. that 19 years of age. So it's a real blend of youth and experience, isn't it? Oh, that yeah. Rumbelara on the netball court. Yeah, look, at 100%. It, it certainly is. But, yeah, Medica Bonnie's another one that could potentially come in to the mix today, but we'll have to wait and see up there. And just uh, so that I uh, make it a level playing field, Statsy, I will also... Uh, talk to you about the Daniloquin list. I've got Nathalia here, so hang on a moment. Yeah, I'll Amelia just... uh, Segner uh, for Daniloquin Rams. She finished equal fourth in the league best and fairest. She'll be one to look out for on the courts there today. Uh, of course, the coach, Rihanna Maxwell, uh, played at Finley growing up. And uh, she'll be another one to look out for. And Annie Harvey is a pretty gun player there at the Neliquin Rams as well. Yeah, you've got Amelia Senior, Annie Harvey, uh, Ella Harvey, Ali Panton, uh, Aloise Ritchie, uh, but she may not start. Uh, Rochelle Ma, Rebecca White, and as you said, uh, Rhiannon Maxwell. So, yeah, they're, they're two uh, goalers. Uh, Rebecca White and Rhiannon Maxwell will be up against it today because, yeah, the the defence of uh, Rumbalara, that's really their key. Um, they, they're just able to make it so difficult for sides to score against them. So, yeah, that, that should be a crackerjack game and that's worth your gate entry to go and see as well. And hopefully, again, uh, a big contingent of our local Indigenous community can get up there as well. We've got one of the largest, uh, the largest Indigenous community in regional Victoria, our Yorta Yorta peoples. So, yeah, to all you mob that's heading up there to uh, Moama, uh, hope. Hopefully you have a safe trip there and uh, best of luck and uh, Yakama Rumba is what they say, Statsy. Yeah, look, that, look, they were predicted to finish first, uh, take out the premiership at the start of the year. Denny Rams were predicted third. Look, I'm I'm on Rumbalara today. I know that Denny Rams are uh, taken all, yeah, taken all before them, but I just feel there's a sense of occasion. With it, oh, and there I, is. It's and, not, and not knocking yeah. the Denny Rams nah. at all, nah. but I just feel that there's it's their time, mm. Rumbalara for the netball girls, and I just I just like what they've done at the club with these youngsters coming through, and obviously we talked about uh, Jess Bartlett at length, of course, uh, the coach of Rumbalara playing in defence, and it just seems to be a really good mix. It's just coming together just at the right time of year. Yeah, hundred percent. Now, Jess Bamblett's done a sensational job over the five-year journey, and you know, hopefully for Rumba, they're able to uh, cap it off today with a win. So, on that note, stats. I think we might head to a sponsors' break uh, if that's okay, and uh, we'll continue on with our special preview here today of the grand finals. The prelim final in the GVL is what we will touch on next. Uh, as a matter of fact, we might touch on last night's game in the AFL and briefly talk about the Collingwood Sydney game which we'll cross to a little bit later on at conclusion here to date. We'll also introduce our commentary crew for the entire day and look forward to your continued company from the Marupna Recreation Reserve here on this very special KDL Grand Final Day. It's been three years in the making. We're here today and glory is on the line. Stick around on 1FM right across Australia. Station sponsors McNamara Real Estate are now servicing the entire Goulburn Valley area. 
Our proud local family-run business is pleased to offer you a comprehensive service that comes with decades of local real estate experience between our team and is the region's best value agency, offering the area's only all-inclusive cat price commission rates. That's right, capped price commission. So if you're considering selling your home, please contact McNamara Real Estate on 5831-6405. That's 5831-6405. Or visit us at McNamaraRealEstate.com.au. You know the garden could do with a makeover, so what are you waiting for? Cleves Garden Supplies have got everything you need to get the job done, and they're open seven days a week. Coloured mulches, decorative pebbles, river stones, crushed rocks, sands, gravel, sleepers, topsoils, pavers, you name it, they've got it. They'll deliver small loads and big loads straight to your door. Drop in and see them at 20 Wanganui Road, Shepparton, or give them a call. 58212 That's 58212 1FM Sponsor. We all have our own purpose in life, and it's different for everyone. It could be looking after the land or bringing smiles to your customers. Maybe it's building a dream home to raise your family. Maybe it's to keep studying and learning or coaching and staying connected to the community. No matter what you're here to do, GMCU are here for you. GMCU, banking with purpose. Visit gmcu.com.au or speak to your local team today. Station sponsor. You what they said on the radio? No, I missed it. Nah, I had to take the dog for a walk. I was at work. I was helping with the sausage sizzle. Catch the latest news updates, listen to podcasts, join us live with the Community Radio Plus app. You what they said on, on the radio? Yeah, I was listening. I was listening in the car. Yeah, I was listening on my phone. On the radio? Yeah, I was listening to it on my smart speakers when I got home. Whatever you're doing, take us with you. Community Radio Plus, your home of community radio. Download from the App Store or Google Play. Do you need it knocked over or smashed up? Keith McRae Demolitions are your demolition and environmental cleanup specialists. Equipped with EPA trucks and a mobile concrete crusher, they're also licensed asbestos removalists. Call into their yard where they stock a huge range of secondhand timber, steel, aluminium windows, all at super secondhand prices. Call Crowbar Demolitions today on 58299413. Sponsors of 1FM. Footy finals are upon us again. Do you want a new TV to watch your team win the premiership this year? Jason's TV have large Samsung TVs on special with stock currently available. We love selling the Samsung TV range because not only is the picture quality great, but they have the best smart TV functions, including KO, for your sports viewing and the footy finals. Jason's TV can home deliver and set it all up for you with full instructions so it's easy to use. So for huge savings on your next TV, call Jason's TV 0403 688 1FM sponsor. 1FM, a member of our community for over 30 years. Welcome back to the Kyabrimmon District Football League Grand Final Day at Marukna Recreation Reserve. Look, just to really quickly touch on... Just clean uh, it up a bit. Just clean it up a bit. The, uh, of course, Murray League, the reserves today, Tongala undefeated take on Moama on their home deck in the reserves today. Well, and- I was wrong. There is another undefeated side then. Yeah, okay. I didn't know that you said there was only well, one. I did. Well, thanks, yeah, Tyler Maher. I'll blame him for that. <laughs> and well, uh, Payne, one of those boys. <laughs> Stitch-ups. Yeah, stitch-up. And in the under-17s today, in the failure take on Achuki United. Okay, excellent. So that cleans us up for the Murray, Murray League. League. Yep. 
Now, let's just very briefly, we want to talk about, of course, the GVL uh, prelim tomorrow, which is super exciting. We're absolutely honoured to be a part of that and bring you the radio. Of course, I have the live stream coverage uh, going as well, but in terms of uh, radio, we'll we'll be sharing that right across the Golden Murray region and also for all of you Seymour people that might be listening in also, you will have uh, via 1FM coverage of the reserves prelim where uh, Seymour uh, will also do battle with Echuca, is it? Yes, I was right. Goodness me, if in doubt, just go with Echuca because they're flying at the moment. <laughs> so, boys, last night, gee, I'll tell you what, uh, a disappointment. Uh, yeah. Sometimes the prelim finals can dish up some of the great games that you get across the year, although... Nick uh, Davis comes yeah, to mind. There's some, oh, I can think of many great prelim final moments uh, across the journey. Um, you know, they've, they've always, well, not always, but traditionally they have provided us with, you know, some of the great memories that we get from a season, although it would have been pretty hard to top off considering the final series that we've already had mm. in 2022. But I think everybody's expectation coming into last night was that uh, Geelong would win. I don't think anybody saw that sort of a margin coming into it, although has to gamble responsibly. But to, to, just to paint a picture, they were a twenty-six, so they were fairly short last night to get the job done against Brisbane. And, of course, the punters were right on that occasion. But I think the line was probably only... 24, I think it was. Yeah, it was something was. like that, 20, Low in the 20s. early 20s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for Geelong to come out and do what they in did. In fact, it was 22 and a half. It was outstanding, wasn't it, really, after the week off, which, again, you know, some people sit there and criticise the new system with the AFL final series, the week off, whether it's a benefit, where whether or not it, uh, you know, is a detriment. Uh, particularly if you're winning that first week of finals and then you get the other week off and then uh, into a prelim. But for a side like Geelong, uh, with the list that they've got and the ageing list, I think that, that they've just been able to... And we've seen them do it right across the back end. And look, Chris Scott has been uh, synonymous with managing his players and I think that he's done that exceptionally well to make sure that... Some of the uh, more senior players uh, were cherry ripe for that prelim final last night. And I think Paddy Dangerfield set the scene really early. Set the tone, didn't he? Yeah, for, for the Cats. Uh, he started Three forward. Votes. Yeah, oh, un, <laughs> unreal, unreal game. A footy last night by Danger, uh, who's had a bit of an up and down sort of a year, hasn't he, uh, Paddy Dangerfield? But and has been questioned in finals a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. In the journey, yeah. So what? So look, we know that. I mean, from here on in, Geelong will face either Sydney or Collingwood. But before we talk about the potential grand final, let's just uh, do a little bit of a, a, an exit on the Brisbane Lions, who've got lots of support here in Victoria. Obviously, you know, formerly Fitzroy, they were super successful at the beginning of uh, the new century. Uh, but it all just came crashing down in a screaming heap last night. Uh, 
stats, what, what went wrong for yours in terms of the Brisbane Lions? Well, the first thing, they did an absolute number on their midfield. Lockie Neal, 87 metres gained on the evening. And when you look at their statistically, their highest ball winner was Lockie Neal with 20 disposals. And then Zach Bailey, 19. Jared Berry, 19. Hugh McCluggage, 17. Their mids just couldn't get it. They could not get their hands on it. When you look at Paddy Dangerfield, kick those two first quarter goals, 720 metres gained, 16 contested possessions, eight score involvements compared to what Lockie Neal. Lockie Neal, he'll probably go on and win the Brownlow tomorrow night as well. He's had a great year. But um, the Geelong... Uh, great coaching. They just done an absolute number on that midfield. And there were certain forwards like, I, I hate to say it, but Joe Danaher, and I hate using this term, didn't turn up the play because, of course, both sides always turn up the play. They wouldn't be there. It's the most stupidest term in football. But unfortunately, I'm going to use it. They just didn't turn up on the evening. Do you think that just the effects of uh, two real high-impact contests the two weeks prior, one up at the Gabba there against the Tigers, which they were just able to sneak over the line against Richmond in somewhat controversial fashion. And then what they were able to do in the second half to the Melbourne Footy Club last week, do you think maybe they just ran out of petrol tickets? Yeah, look, and we saw it with the Western Bulldogs, didn't we, last year, where they travelled all around the countryside, got into the grand final, and it just all became too much for them uh, in that second half, in that grand final last year. I think it had something to do with it. You have such an advantage finishing in the top four, and I know we do see clubs from time to time win the premiership from outside the top four. But look, the, I suppose the positive for them is that they did finish sixth, in the home and away, and then doesn't matter what happens today, they will elevate to fourth, and that'll be their official standing at the end of the season. But uh, it's just that we talked about Melbourne last week and dysfunctional forward lines. Well, they just don't do it consistently enough up forward for Brisbane, do they? Eric Hipwood was the only real shining light. He kicked two goals. The only other player that really had a crack, and I thought he came on in the third quarter, was Reese Matheson, the sub that had 13 disposals. So, yeah, I don't know where to for Brisbane from here. It looks like they're going to lose Dan McStay to Collingwood uh, in the off-season Who as well. else is going to Collingwood? Everybody. Wait, every De- single <laughs> well, mate, why not? Is every single trade is tied to bloody calling. Where are De- they going to Destination club, mate. What do they pay them, mate? It's called a destination club. Yeah, okay. Haven't you had problems with salary caps recently for that? It's no uh, issue stats. Oh, we don't worry yeah. about that, mate. We don't. <laughs> Unreal. Money's no issue at the They moment. must be getting paid in brown paper bags here at Vic Park. We'll go back to the Sid Commentary, Jays, where we used to give uh, $100 <laughs> bills in the old boot after the game, mate. Like, oh, jeez. Uh, that... I can't Sam Saracen, hope you all over that. But, but hang on, who else is? Yeah, hi, oh, he will. The, yeah, he, <laughs> he will. He'll have his two bobs worth to say. He'll get here. Morning, and, Sammy. <laughs> yeah, good morning to you, Samuel. And oh, Greg Sharp uh, joins us uh, here in the commentary position shortly as well as uh, Paul Tricarico, uh, Jackson Saunders, the Pontiff. Uh, who are the same people, by the way? Uh, <laughs> Father Jackson Saunders, I should refer to him correctly. And, of course, Nick Brown and uh, yours truly, J-Dub, the stats man, Brandon Riley, also as well. But, yeah, look, I mean, <laughs> Geelong just really put their 
foot on the pedal, the pedal all the clinical. way to the metal. Oh, it was clinical. It was it was devastating. I mean, in that third quarter, they literally were toying with Brisbane. It it was, you know, as convincing a performance in a final as we've seen all final series so far. And look. <laughs> I think that um, oh, g'day to uh, Joey from from Patentina's BP Service Station North End. Just texting in. Thank you very much for the message. Twenty twenty three for the D's. He reckons. I hope so for the for the Melbourne faithful. And I, he, I really he might do. not be far wrong because I yeah. did say on the opening bounce at the start of the year, sides to break big premiership droughts mm. tend not to back it up the fol- the following year, yep. but they come back the year after. Geelong did it after a long premiership drought. They dominated the two thousand. An eight season, Hawthorne went on to win the flag mm. after a long premiership drought. The same thing happened to Richmond mm. in 2017. They got beat by Collingwood in the prelim. Yep. Melbourne have had a long premiership drought. They they've coughed it up this year, but I expect them to come back off the back of those two uh, snapshot samples, bigger and better. Oh, season 2023. Look, look, they're still in the window. There's no doubt about that. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, a couple of the moves out of the Melbourne Footy Club. So. Yeah, uh, Brody Grundy's been tied to Melbourne as well. That, that's a really interesting one, isn't it? But, yeah, look, uh, today's game, uh, Collingwood versus uh, Sydney, or Sydney versus Collingwood, I should say, there, up at the SCG. Uh, we just hope that it's not the sort of uh, spectacle that we saw last night, and we really do get a cracking prelim. Uh, I think that we will. I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on it uh, in a couple of moments. But uh, before I do that, I'd just like to introduce to the broadcast position and uh, a former uh, AFL slash VFL footballer himself, Greg Sharp of Seymour uh, FM, and also part of the furniture here at 1FM Live and Local now for about a decade or more. Sharpie, how's your morning been? Fantastic, Jason. Three years ago today was the last time we were here mm. at Marupna. Weird, isn't it, when you think of it like that? It is. The grand final. We were here for the under-18s. Mm. And Lancaster, 2019. And Lancaster won it. Won and it. there's only one player, their captain, that was in that squad mm. from 2019. Yeah. And I think they had a short squad too. I think Stan yeah, had four on the bench. Yeah. And mm. Four or five on the bench too yeah. that day. Yeah. Unbelievable. So three stats. years has disappeared <laughs> just like that. But anyway, COVID and that'll do that to you. No, it's a pleasure to be here. Gentlemen, and uh, back at Marupna for KDFL Grand Final Day. And we've got our biggest biggest fan in the Goulburn Valley down there, young Tyler, uh, listening in as well. He's the biggest fan of 1FM Live and Local. He loves us um, here and he supports us on a weekly basis. Hopefully he doesn't get too naughty today because Adam's got a really big day in the truck. So, yeah, uh, it's... yeah, he's he's already in the truck, so I might have to go down and the, um, the way he moved, he moved like a Collingwood forward, didn't oh, he? he? Just he was went, elite. Yeah, he yeah. was just elite. Yeah, <laughs> zipping straight towards oh. Adam there. But, <laughs> I'm going to walk away from that. I was going to say he was about as quick as uh, those Collingwood emergencies into the back of that car on the Monash yesterday. Yeah, he's giving us a big hello, <laughs> exactly, Jase. Exactly right. Yeah, we've got we've got the other hello. We've got lots of them. Uh, Brandon, have you got any thoughts on the uh, Sydney Collingwood? Clash up the SCG this afternoon. Oh, look, first, before I ask you about the actual result and what how you think the game will play out, what are your thoughts on the fixturing uh, time slot of the game at 4.35? 
Yeah, see, I, I thought last week's fixturing slot of 4.35 was a real interesting one, but the Cats actually put that request in uh, last week at the G, or it was a couple of weeks ago, sorry, at the G to take that one on to try and get a few more Cats supporters over Saturday afternoon. Uh, and I thought it was a really strange one. And even again this afternoon, it's a really odd time slot, isn't it? 4.35 of a Saturday afternoon. Why not just put it on Saturday night? I, I don't know. Is, is, have they got the rugby in Sydney tonight again? Yeah, they got, do. They do have the yeah, rugby oh, in Sydney tonight. I don't think so Surely that's not taken away from it. But I would have thought, uh, you know, you'd have a fair crack at, um, you know, uh, know, the Swans taking a real primetime slot on a Saturday night. But uh, it's a bit interesting. But I I think there's one person other than uh, all the Geelong supporters and uh, obviously the the Cats players last night who would be really happy. I noticed uh, one of the betting agencies, uh, TAB, thanks to Gamble Responsibly, they put up there, you know what Facebook's like, it's never accurate. But they they claim that they had someone put uh, 36000 dollars on uh, Hawkins to kick four plus goals last night and after he probably missed the first three set shots uh, yeah, I probably would have been a bit nervous if that was my 36 quid on the line but Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah, got home in the finish so that's a fair little payday last night Dubs but uh, what? about $3.80 I think they had it, it up for yeah. So, mm, which I thought might have been me. a bit, bit short myself but anyway that's uh, oh, you know what it's like on Facebook so, you know, 144 it's, uh, grand return <laughs> Yeah, that's mm, right. Man. Not a bad yeah. little day out. Wins 116,000. Was it yeah. you? Did you knock <laughs> Me? They're the Mate, sort of. One thing <laughs> did you pun in, aren't they? There's one thing that I have never, ever bet on. Footy. Footy. Will yep. not bet on it. There's there's too many there's too many variances in it for my liking and the prices are way way too short. Well, my my sister, I tried to take talk her out of it, but she just gambled responses. She only has two dollar bet. She had two dollars at a hundred the one that one player across the two games had kicked seven goals and Hawkins kicked four goals three. But oh. she's still alive. Someone <laughs> yes. could kick seven goals tonight. I don't Buddy think so. Franklin. Well, but, well, it could oh. be a low scoring affair too. I'm imagining tonight. A bit wet up there. It's oh, been we'll a bit a wet over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm really intrigued how it's going to play, pan out, Joe Dub. But I'm also a big advocate of being a Saints supporter, so I've always hated Collingwood. But, uh, you know, I've been really excited watching this Collingwood train so far this season. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see where it ends. And, you know, if you have a look at the last time, you know, the last five times the Monarchs died stats, uh, Collingwood have featured in the grand final as a very interesting uh, and out of this ordinary stat sort of thing. So, yeah. And, it, and it won was, two of them. Well, I think. I think just on that, betting. it was 19, 1937, Collingwood, Geelong, and 1952, Collingwood, Geelong. Spot on. Yeah. Unreal. Yep. Unreal. Boys, uh, on that note, we're going to head up to the 10 o'clock news. Stick around. So much more coming your way on this very special morning and the start of KDL. Grand final day here at the Marupa Recreation Reserve on 1FM right across Australia. Stick around. Yeah. 1FM, your home of country football. And welcome back here to the Marupna Recreation Reserve for the KDL Apprenticeship Factory Grand Final Day. The under-18s about 24 minutes away from a start to get us underway here at Marupna. And until then, we will continue to preview other games that are happening across our region, including, well, not just across our region, but also beyond up at the SCG, the Collingwood v Sydney game. I'm just quickly, Statsman, going to go through the two sides here for both Sydney 
and Collingwood that will be lining up today in positional order. So uh, the two McCartan boys uh, will start down back with Dane Rampey in the back pocket as well. Uh, Florent, Fox and Lloyd for the Swans. Stevens, Mills in the centre and Aaron Goulden on the wing. Uh, Heaney, Reed, Haywood. Papley, Franklin and Clark are all in the forward line. And then, of course, their ruck, Tom Hickey, uh, Rowbottom on the ball, who's uh, been really good this back half of the year. And Parker has also had a sensational year. Has there been any talk at all of Parker potentially a smoky for the Brownlow? Not really. Have not heard his name mentioned. No, at not all. really. He has had, I'll tell you what, if you if you like one at odds, hashtag gamble responsibly. It, Gee, he's had a stellar year. Oh, I'm backing in Tookie Miller as an outsider. Yep. yep. What's he, 12s, gen- is Genuine no, contender. Nines, nines uh, is he? All the time. Pick up his ones and twos every week from the umpire. You get your odd three in amongst those ones and twos, you're going to be sitting somewhere near the top of that leaderboard, Dubs. And I tell you, uh, while we're talking about that Sydney game quickly, yes. a, a shout-out probably to Paddy McCartan too. Tried and tested at the Saints, couldn't quite get his body right there, went away, spent a fair bit of time overseas mm. getting all these concussions sorted out, and he's got a fair chance, if they get over the line today, to play in a grand final with his brother. What it's, a story that it, could be. Oh, 100%. It's a, it's a great story, isn't <laughs> it? And those McCartan boys, uh, I tell you what, they are just sort of no-fuss, one-percent type backs. They don't do anything pretty, but uh, it's very rare that in a one-on-one contest they're sadly beaten. Mm. They're, they're, they're great at bringing uh, the ball to ground and then, you know, you've got the likes of Rampy Lloyd, you know, Fox and Florent there to sort of mop up off half-back. So they're really good uh, defence, and they say defence wins premierships. But in saying that, Collingwood's defence is probably their strength, I would say, also. And l- let's have a look. We'll start from the back with the pies. You've got uh, Pendlebury, Moore and Murphy. Dacos on the half-back flank. How at centre-half back. Uh, do you think How comes in 100% fit? Stats, he had an awkward well, sort of a if fall. If he's naming, if he's named, I, he's, I believe, yeah, to go. across the line, he's good to go, yeah. yeah I, I think having had a little bit more of a look at that, uh, it was in about the last minute of the game last week. I think he really just got the stuffing knocked out of him. It was really winded more so than anything. So hopefully for Collingwood supporters, because he's vitally important. Jack Crisp, how good was he last week against Fremantle? Dacos, sensational year. Lipinski, awesome pickup for the Pies. Uh, Bianco holds his spot in the side as well, obviously with Taylor Adams uh, being long-term injured. Is Taylor Adams a chance to play in the grand final? If No, mate. He's, he's, done? he's got a very long-term injury and an injury I've never really come across in football. Um, it's, a, it's a shocking injury. It's more or less his groin has come off the bone, apparently. Ooh, and gee. it is a, a, a horrible, horrible injury. And they're talking... Probably 18 months to two years. Now, I'm hoping he gets back sooner than that, but it is a horrible, horrible injury. Yeah, right. Um, and there's going to be a long rehabilitation. Yeah, okay. So he, he could potentially be um, end of career by the sounds of that. That's not uh, great. Sorry, I wasn't uh, completely across the severity of that one. But uh, Elliot, Cameron and McCreary, Degoey, Meyercheck and Hoskin Elliott for the Pies. And then following, you got Mason Cox, 
uh, Maynard side bottom, and then the benches for both sides, Warner, McDonald, Blakey and McEnany for the Swans, and then we've got Quaynor, Johnson, Ginevan and Noble on the bench. But, um, boys, uh, Jack Ginevan, <laughs> I, I don't, I can't remember there being as much buzz around a player uh, for, yeah, I do, Dermot Brereton. Oh, I, I was going to say stats, man, for a very long time. I mean, you, you mentioned Colin, you mentioned Collingwood, and and his name um, certainly is one of the first to come up. So he's seriously going to need to have uh, a big influence. I would have thought. Uh, look, I spoke about this really briefly last night, stats, but. I, I just think if you look at the forward line of Sydney, I just think they've got that little bit more firepower. Uh, but Collingwood just do what Collingwood do. And they've done it week in, week out for an entire season. They have gone so much further than anyone could possibly have predicted. You know, And they've done it through sheer just guts, belief, momentum, uh, you know, the spirit of youth, you know, reckless abandon, a never-say-never never attitude. And how many games this year have they gone in as underdogs and won? So, as we just heard on the Nine Network News, uh, you know, McRae has just simply no regard for the underdog tag whatsoever. As a matter of fact, it's probably more so a motivator. Uh, but when you look at it from a technical point of view, You've got to say Sydney win this game. Now, I know that's hard because, obviously, you're a Collingwood supporter. Oh, no, I agree with you, Jason. I mean, on paper, you just have to say that they do. And, look, I hope last night was not an indication of what's going to happen up at the SCG. I really, really hope so. Um, and I just I can't see it happening to Collingwood, although there have been some games this year where they've been sloppy and they've let big leads um, happen and they've somehow found their way to fight back. Now, if they do that against the Swans, I think put up the white flag, Captain Cook will have a Geelong-Sydney grand final. But, look, in saying that, uh, anything's possible with the Pies, but yeah, for mine, when you've got Reed, Heaney, Papley and Franklin down forward, and then the ability for the likes of Mills, Gordon, and obviously uh, Parker, uh, Rowbottom as well has been really dangerous attacking sort of mid this year for the Swans. I just think they've just got too many cogs in the wheel that can chime in, as opposed to the reliance that Collingwood's going to have on the likes of, you know, some of the lesser lights, they're going to need to step up and contribute, like Hoskin Elliott, like Johnson, uh, like McCreary. You're going to need these types to bob up for you this afternoon, I suspect. But, look, Jordan Degoe, <laughs> he has got the potential to be absolutely anything as a player. And, uh, look, if he lights it up, you know, Pendlebury, the Dacos boys get behind him. How crisp, running off that halfback. Maynard as well, having a real impact. Oh, I think anything's possible for the Pies. But, yeah, look, tipping the Swans to go into the grand final against the Cats.
Yeah, I think it'll be low scoring. I, I, I do. I haven't really checked out the weather for the SCG today, but I, I think even on a dry day, it's going to be a very defensive type of game that both clubs will employ. Look, you're right. I think that Sydney just bat deeper than Collingwood. Their, their bottom six is way better than Collingwood's bottom six. Look, they, we've got a heavy... Well, I shouldn't say we. I'll say Collingwood. Heavy reliance on Brody Majek. A heavy reliance on Jordan to go in that midfield. There's a heavy reliance on Jamie Elliott. Now, he's high impact. Now, he's not going to get you a lot of possessions, but we do need him to kick that three goals, you know, in a game. If he's not doing that, we start to struggle a little around that. So... Whereas Sydney, when you look at it uh, forward, they've got Heaney, you know, they've got Franklin, they've got Papley Reed. And, and Reed, and they're just consistent yep. all the way through. Whereas those players I mentioned at Collingwood don't always bring it on a weekly level. And that, that for mine, where I look, if, independently, if I was independently assessing this game, uh, Sydney uh, should win this game today. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's what you say should, but obviously the heart says Collingwood doesn't attend. And I'll just uh, let everybody know who might be wondering across the Golden Murray region what the weather's going to be like at the SCG today. They are heading for a top of 23 degrees there in Sydney, and it is currently 21 degrees uh, there at the moment. So uh, no rain uh, predicted there uh, this afternoon slash evening, the twilight uh, fixturing. I'm just going to say this straight out. Uh, I really don't like the 4.35 start time. I, I just think it is horrendous uh, why they would do that, you know, particularly to there's no consideration of anyone else, you know, in, in terms of that fixturing time other than obviously the, you know, the teams, which are, clearly important, but in terms of the wider community, I just think the fixturing is horrendous. When when you've got, you know, grand finals, I don't care about flying brownie, that just does not bother me at all. Uh, there's no excuses for it. You've got, you know, grand finals probably right across Australia today, you'd, you'd have, you know, hundreds of grand finals happening today. Yet you've got a prelim final at 4.35. Why not just fixture it at the traditional time? It was always that way up until, you know, three or four years ago. The AFL decided to, you know, dream up in their wisdom that this would be what was best. Uh, I, I really don't like it. I, I'm sorry to whinge, but, yeah, it, it's disappointing for mine that, you know, we're still going to be here enjoying this local game of football. We've got presentations happening. You know, it's it's going to be like three into the third quarter before we're able to put an eye on the actual game. It's not about me. I'm just saying, generally speaking, across the community, why can't there be any regard for the actual grassroots that feeds the AFL. Do they care on, about on, on the grass? Do they care about the well, grassroots? You know my oh, stand on it. I've yeah, said I, it many times, I do, Jason. I, I think the AFL don't care at all, and I'll put my name on it, mm -hmm. not yours. Mm -hmm. I don't think they really care about grassroots football anymore, and they haven't for a long while. Well, I can tell you that uh, they're putting an extra $17 million in this year. Uh, or sorry, next year. Yeah, but uh, tipping money into something, mm -hmm. right? The easiest way to but fix something got to, is... don't they, Sharpie, because they're non-for-profit and the money has to go somewhere. Mm. Yeah, so, but the yeah, other, the other thing is, the easy way to fix a problem, what is it? 
throw dollars at it. Just give them money. Fix the problem. But the problem is, the, not the problem is the money, it's the problem. You're right. How many grand finals would be across Victoria, not only Victoria, mm. South right. Australia, yep. Western Australia, mm. and the AFL have forgotten, I don't care what they say about Sydney, I come from Sydney and mm. Brisbane, I tell you what, the three ground, the three areas mm. that the majority of players will come from are Victoria, South Australia and Western Australia, they need to start looking after those three states a little better than what they have in over the last 20 years. Well, I was actually going to say, this has probably been uh, the prelims is because of Western Australian clubs uh, in particular, but you've got to play it year-on-year basis. Like, I could understand if it was the West Coast having this time slot today, mm. then having coming going back to Western Australia, then going to Victoria. I, I would get that and understand that. But really, by plane, it's two hours Melbourne to Sydney or an hour. Yeah, it's not even it's two hour. hours. It, yeah, and, like, and Brownie's whingy. No it's, no, it's three hours, really. It takes an hour to get through the airport, an hour in the air and another but, hour at the but, other but end, see, they tell me. You see what I'm <laughs> trying to say, though? There are layers to it. Like with, uh, of course, the Western Australian clubs in particular, or even if a Victorian club has to play a prelim in Western Australia, I could get that time slot. But I, I don't get it in this instance. And g'day to Nick Brown, who joins us here for the first time on Grand Final Day. How's your morning been? And thanks heaps for coming along and chopping us out today. And all season, as a matter of fact. Uh, really looking forward to Grand Final Day, first time in three years. Thanks for having me, Ian. Yeah, I think the last time I was at this ground, it was a, a Grand Final as well. Um, I think the Shep East boys were in that Grand Final and lost and to the lanky third. So just with that flight stuff, before I go back to finish my notes, um, I think it's because they want to get them on a plane that night. So I think Sydney Airport's real funny with, with flight time. So if you're playing a night game... There's a curfew in Sydney. It yeah. starts at 11 o'clock and it doesn't start. The first planes take off at about two minutes past six the next morning. So I think what it is... Always is if, has been. If you play the prelim and, what's it, 7.20 start and you finish by about, what, 9.30, 10 o'clock, mm. all of a sudden by the time you've got to get from there to the airport to get on that last plane, if there's a extra time, I think it's about that flight home to try and get on that plane home. But saying that, the AFL's got plenty of money. They're sure they're going to have a private jet sitting there. Oh, exactly right. But when you look at the amount of money that they poured into, uh, you know, player transport and accommodation across COVID, like surely they can arrange, you know, a, a private flight, a private commercial flight, uh, which could... You know, come yeah. out of there, but, but it's, look, a curfew, oh, it's a curfew. Yeah. I'm pretty certain it's a curfew at Sydney Airport. It's always been 11 yeah, right p.m. Yeah. 11 p.m. The last plane flies out of Sydney, and the next one takes off at six. I don't well, think well, it's going to be fair. To be fair, if Sydney win, it's all academic anyway. Collingwood might as well go to Bondi Beach. I thought it was the last train out of Sydney that you had to worry about. Not the last plane. Well, so Jimmy Barnes. So Jimmy Barnes, right? Yeah, exactly the last right. Plane, Sydney's exactly almost right. gone. So yeah, it go. is. It is. But I won't sing it for you, Jason. Well, why not? No. <laughs> well, that's what the do people you keep, want. Do you, you want to keep your listeners or uh, what? I want to do me license today. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. nah. Boys, um, that's enough. I think we're all saying that Sydney should win, but obviously hoping for all of the Collingwood faithful out there that they are able to. Uh, Continue this fairy tale run and make it an all Victorian grand final. Uh, now let's look at the game tomorrow in the Gotafe Goulburn Valley League's prelim final. Don't forget that's at Deakin Reserve tomorrow. 
uh, get to the ground early. Uh, there are roadworks happening around Deakin Reserve, so please be mindful of that. And look, uh, there, there's going to be, I think, a little bit of congestion around the ground, you would think, in terms of uh, logistics, considering the fact that there are roadworks. So if you're listening in, ladies and gentlemen, please, if you can, get somebody to drop you off uh, at the ground. Uh, try not to bring your car in tomorrow to Deakin Reserve. It'll make life a heck of a lot easier for you. I mean, if you have to, just be mindful of the fact that there may be a considerable walk that is required. So uh, for those particularly with disabilities, the elderly that are thinking about coming to Deakin Reserve tomorrow, please do so. But just be mindful of the fact that uh, you'd want to maybe get there a little bit earlier to try and find a car park. And uh, if you can't do that, uh, try and organise uh, a lift in. I was there for the last game, Seymour versus United, Deakin yep. Reserve, and what's the street at the back there, out in that outer wing? Uh, not Har- oh, Harold and Harold, Skeen, yes. Yeah. Harold, and that was blocked off, yep. and the ground was chock-a-block for a home and away game. There was no parking in the street outside in Skeen Street, and there was none inside the ground. Yeah. So well, well, for a preliminary final, yeah. mate, yeah. Get dropped off would be the best way to Well, do that's it. right. I don't know about... I don't think there's vehicle access into Deakin Reserve at all. Well, that'll tomorrow. make it even worse yeah. than what it was well, on I the mean, last there, home there the is obviously for authorised vehicles, vehicles yeah. uh, that, that need to be there to do a job. But, uh, yeah, look, uh, all I'm saying is that uh, it's something to be mindful oh, of. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, and, and um, uh, it might make your day a little bit easier um, if you consider that possibility when you're coming in. We hope to see a massive crowd there at Deakin Reserve tomorrow. Again, like this, it's been three years in the making and it's Mansfield versus Euroa Statsman. Uh, what's the tale of the tape? What are your thoughts on this? Obviously, you've seen both of these sides a couple of times this year. I'm going to open the floor up to you now to give us your thoughts on this one and a bit of a preview of what you think might transpire tomorrow. And, of course, the winner goes through to meet Ichuka on grand final day, which is the day after the AFL, the traditional home of the Gotafe Golden Valley Football League's grand final for where it has lived for many, many decades. It, it did change back to uh, the week prior to uh, on the Sunday, of course, after the KDL and Murray League Grand Finals. But uh, it's back to its traditional home next Sunday. So don't forget that, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, of course. Ural finished third in the home and away season. Mansfield finished two uh, in the home and away. Uh, and they're both one at Deakin in season 2022. Look, the record's 3-2 in the last five meetings. Yuroa's uh, way. But Yuroa... Uh, Got them in round nine in a massive fashion uh, by uh, the length of the Flemington, 12-11-83 to Mansfield's 2-7-19. That was at Mansfield. They also met back in round one where Mansfield got them at Euroa. Mm. So the, the away side won both times. Mansfield 12-8-80 to Euroa's 8-5-53 on that occasion. Look, uh, Euroa... 
we all know they came into the competition in 1971. They won a flag that year, and in 1990 was their last premiership. So they've won two since entering the competition in the early 70s. And, of course... Um, Mansfield? Yeah, Mansfield, 2009. They came to the club when... Well, come to the league, I should say, not the club. But they came to the league under that second-tier system that they had in the 90s and then joined the GBL outright in, I think it was around 1998. So, uh, of course, they're an old Tungamar League side as well. Craig Kelly, of course, uh, was the coach in 2009, Collingwood Premiership player when they won that particular flag. And for the first time today, we're going to cross down to the boundary. We've already heard from Brandon Riley, so no need to welcome him to the coverage, but we're going to head out to the middle of the Maroopna Recreation Reserve for GVAG, Brandon Riley. Yeah, boys, great day to be here at Maroopna Rec Reserve. The covers look like they've been down. The pitch is in excellent condition, and it is super dry. Fair chance we could see someone bounce it today. It's not going to be in the thirds, I'm told. Uh, three blokes are worried about, uh, yeah, if they go down, and bounce it, they'll have a blood rule before players even touch the ball. So, uh, But no, it's good news. It's fantastic out here in the middle. Ground's looking really good. It's a fraction damp underfoot, but it's not going to be that uh, that wet. So, uh, yeah, we're a bit worried about what might come in, but it's going to be not too bad. So, as Nagambi come out on the ground, boys, you'll notice number 43 uh, is actually replacing 14 on that team sheet. So, just the jumper change, only because young Mitch Cole forgot his jumper. Uh, sorry, Mitch, I <laughs> thought I'd dub you in there. So, uh, left the jumper at home, so he's got his senior one on. So yeah, Mitch Cole, 43 uh, there for Nagami instead of 14. Back in my day, if you left the jumper at home, you didn't get a game stats man grand final or not. <laughs> and if you didn't wash it, then not that night either. That's right. If it wasn't washed and you weren't ready, you didn't get a game, mate. You sat on the bench. But anyway, times have changed, the modern world we live in. So that was what changes 14 as Mitchell Cole to what? 43. 43. 43. And there's a bit of a breeze blowing straight across the ground back towards uh, the Leon Williams stand or your side of the ground here, boys, commentary box side. Not, uh, not going to affect either end of the ground. There's no real advantage here at Marupna today. Okay, that's an interesting one to note. And the actual surface itself uh, from here, out on the flanks and on the wings at Brandon, looks... uh, pretty much immaculate considering the conditions that we've had over the last sort of uh, you know two months here across this region one of our wettest winters in a very long time yeah, spot on, uh, J-Dub. The, uh, the ground here actually drains really, really well. So uh, it's no surprise for me that the ground is in immaculate condition and, and the Maroota Footy Club and Shep Council have obviously done a fantastic job to make sure it's all up and about ready for today. I don't think we're too far away from uh, kicking off here in the thirds. It's uh, it's building, it's exciting. There is people about 10 deep in uh, in some areas. So it, it's great to see so many people getting here. And I tell you what, though, if Lanky have a really good day, that Leon Williams stand just to your right, boys, is going to be absolutely buzzing. They are packing it in about 15 deep in there at the moment. And why wouldn't they? They've got uh, three grand finals uh, to look forward to today. What about on the netball courts? They they got uh, some netball sides in the grand finals as well. So all three uh, footy uh, sides uh, in the grand final, 18s, reserves and seniors. And I'm just getting the shaking of their head 
by our boundary rider Brandon Riley down there. None in the netball BR. No, not in the not in the netball. Uh, you'll actually see a lot of Tally Garupner over there in the netball today. Uh, Dubs uh, kicking off now. It's probably the under 13 standout versus Gagari. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a very very exciting day of netball uh, over there on the netball court. I'll get over there very shortly. Got a little bit of ground announcing to do out here on the main oval as well. So it's uh, it's going to be a fantastic day for football and netball. Statsy could be right. I, I thought he was going a bit uh, gun ho early there uh, with the 11 o'clock prediction, but it is starting to come in just a fraction dark at the back. So, uh, look, it may not be 11 because uh, it's going to be obviously in about half an hour, but, you know, you never know in about the next, you know, 60 to 90 minutes we might see a shower. So could get a little shower at the back end of the thirds. You never know. You've really come back to the pack in that regard, Brandon. I sort of looked up to you as a future, perhaps even meteorologist, with your ability to sort of read the weather. But, gee, I'll tell you what, you have struggled the last fortnight. I, I thought I had a, a shoe-in and a half over at Chef East the other week with that massive black cloud coming in, and it sort of got to about New Merca and went, hang on, son, I'm just going to hold up here. So <laughs> made a real fool out of me whilst I could see it all day. It sat there and just waved at me. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I might give it away. I might get a job at the Bureau Dubs because they never get it right. So. No, exactly. <laughs> that, that's right. You, you, you'd be in really good company there at the Bureau of Meteorology, but isn't it fantastic to see Fraser Kieran, Sam Sarah, and Brandon Riley out in the middle of the Marupna Recreation Reserve here to kick off grand final day and the first game, the first cab off the rank this afternoon will be Lancaster taking on Nagambi. And it's where dreams are made, legends are born. You've ever played in a premiership, you never forget it. It doesn't matter what level it's in, whether it's seniors, reserves, juniors, you never, ever forget playing in a grand final and uh, memories will be created for these young men who are taking the field here at the Marutna Recreation Reserve. And traditionally, the under-18s game at KDL Grand Final Day has produced some of the closest results most consistently across the journey of time that I've been uh, here on 1FM Live and Local Statsman. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I can still remember that famous call I made over at the old uh, box that day in the under-18 where where I went a bit early and the ball just drifted out of bounds in that under-18 grand final and uh, I said it was a good kick. I still maintain it was a good kick. It just uh, (laughs) the wind got it at the last minute and put it out of bounds on the full. It uh, looked good. And then ultimately that kick, cost them the flag. And it's on video forevermore as well, so um, fantastic. Sometimes I wish we were in the older, olden days where we didn't record things, but uh, Isn't it anyway. amazing, some, someone's perception of a good kick to somebody else, isn't it? One person's meat's another man's poison, right? Well, well, well it, was, it, was, it, it was a good kick, but the uh, wind just got it at the last yeah. minute and put it, it out on the full. That's right, and I do remember the call now, Statsy, because every now and then uh, I do stir you up and bring it back up, and what Mark actually said at the time was that's better that were the famous yeah, two no, words word, that's yeah. better and ultimately what ended up happening that was Lancaster v Shep East actually wasn't it or I'd, Merrigan yeah could have been could have been the year before 2018 but anyway we're here 
umpires all out in the middle of the ground getting some photos taken. Congratulations to the umpires who are umpiring today. And thank you, of course, not just congratulations, but thank you so very much to all of the officials, uh, both the involved with the league, with AFL Victoria here in the Goulburn Valley, and also with the Umpires Association who make it possible for us to play this game and, uh, of course, local council also. We need to acknowledge them and thank them for the ability to be able to use these brilliant facilities. And Marupna is one of those facilities that's really, really improved across the last two decades, uh, becoming one of the premier uh, facilities in our region, hosting a number of events now and of course uh, before we officially kick off this day i would like to also acknowledge our traditional custodians of the land our yorta yorta peoples i would also like to acknowledge uh their elders uh, both past present and emerging and we appreciate what they've contributed to this game in our region also. So uh, just tying up a couple of loose ends here on 1FM and Seymour FM. Are we joined by, we are joined Hank by Kramer? Yep. He's back Hank, there. Hank Kramer's is in the studio. Oh, I love see more of them for these two games. No, I think he added, he added me as a friend on Facebook last night, I think. Boy, you can be unlucky. Yeah. Oh, That's, now, now, you know why, have, now you know why I don't have Facebook. Now I know why you don't use it. <laughs> That's oh. why I don't use it, mate. You won't find me on there. Oh, i tell you one bloke that I'm really relying on today, and that's Bill Dowling. I hope you got your, my text message this morning. We had a bit of a chat uh, through the week, and I did actually forget to mention that uh, I was really hoping that we'd get fed and hydrated uh, here across today, but I'm pretty confident that he'll come through with the goods for us. As long as we get some water. I might, yeah. We, we'll be able to do that. But uh, I, I, Well, hopefully we are, but I'll be coming back to um, some hangry boys later on today, and if you don't get fed, I'll, I'll make sure that I bring back uh, a few pizzas for you at the conclusion of the game today. So hopefully you get fed and uh, I don't have to stick that on the old platinum credit card. Uh, no, I don't have a platinum <laughs> credit card. It's all debit for me. Don't worry about that. But uh, Brownie, how do you anticipate that this game's actually going to pan out today? Well, this is the first thirds game I've actually seen this year. I've been to a few games. The Shep East don't have thirds. So I went to a few games there. But my young boy's been playing at this time. So I've just done a little bit of homework. And it reminds me a lot of the grand final a couple of years ago. Shep East had a lot of kids that played senior football. And so does Nagambi. They've got 65 games of experience in the seniors this year alone. At Lancaster, have only got four games. So over to BR. Yeah, boys, thank you. Uh, Shane Fleming here for Lancaster's just won the toss and they're going to kick down towards the uh, the commentary box end of the Green or John Gray Oval end. All the best to both sides out here today. Yeah, really interesting, BR. Uh, on the team sheet, we've got Shane Fleming and uh, on Play HQ, it's Shannon Fleming. Yes, yes, that's what I've got as well. So. Yeah, I think you're right, boys. I think it should be actually Shannon Fleming. That's a, that's a note. Oh, he's he's the, actually one to watch today too. Yeah, yeah he was the only he's the only surviving member of the 29 team. Well, not surviving. Our uh, players are gone. <laughs> that's so, a bit I, just, yeah, um, I, I should say that uh, 
you know, he's the only player to play current. from that uh, current <laughs> playing list yes. from 2019. Of course, all the other kids elevate up in grades and some leave football altogether. So he was best on ground last uh, the first time this, these sides met as well. So he's one to watch. But yeah, they just they've got a lot of senior experience in the Gambia and Lancaster probably don't. But what it means is Lancaster sides played together a lot. So that that day at Shep East, I think I had nine or ten of those thirds boys that played senior football for me, and Lancaster didn't have many. And it just it just showed they were a better team. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing today with Lancaster. Are they a better team all round, or is it? Nagambi with probably the better players, uh, whether they're going to win or not. So, And in terms of uh, both of their seasons, their, their ladder positions, how did they go? So Nagambi finished on top, so they only lost the, the two games to Dukey and Murchison, and that was round one and two pretty much for them. They had to buy round one, so the second and third rounds. And Lanky lost three games, one to Dukey early on, and then two to Nagambi. So... You know, it's it's going to be interesting, but the, the the momentum that Lancaster has created, the whole football club, that, that that's worth a couple of goals today for this, this side. But I just think they're going to have to score to beat Nagambi. Nagambi have scored well in game, so I think they're going to have to kick sort of eight to ten goals to win this one, Lancaster. Nagambi's last under eighteen flag was in two thousand and eight. If you have enjoyed the show, then please let us know what you think at our socials, One FM Super Saturday Sport on Facebook and Twitter. And tune in from 8am next week to find out more. Till next week, goodbye.